There are many things that I don't understand about my life. Many things I don't understand about life in particular. Many questions and no answers. But when I sing each day that I will talk it over, I will ask the reasons and God will tell me why. For he knows best what I do not know. I don't aim at preaching, but talking. Then we go to the table. It is from the book of Luke chapter 23, verse 38, that we will find inspiration and the uh, superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. Verse 37 says, oh, 36, and the soldiers also mocked him coming to him and offering him vinegar, 37, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, serve thyself. Verse 35, and people stood beholding him. You see, I started from, you will understand why. Stood beholding him, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. While they were addressing that, they were looking at the inscription that was on the wall. That was saying, this is the king of the Jews. Which was written in all languages that could be read and understood by all people present at that time. No one was supposed to miss that. Yet it was a mockery. They were mocking him, saying, if he be the king of the Jews, why doesn't he save himself? The challenge here was not that he had saved others before. The challenge here was not that he had given others bread before when they were hungry and opened the eyes of the blind. But they wanted him to save himself. Kings of this world surely save themselves. Some are voted into power to amass the wealth of the economy and enrich themselves. For sure, according to their understanding of royalty, those who are kings first serve themselves before they can serve others. 
Or what kind of a king is he? Who can save others but fail to save himself? Until one of the robbers hanging there on the cross. There were two actually. All having an equal distance from the Savior's cross. I mean equal distance. One to the left and one to the right. We are all hanging on the cross. The cross of life. But we are privileged that as we hang on the cross, we are at an equal advantage of seeing the Savior's cross. None is too far and none is too near or nearer than the other. They all can see him. They all can hear him. So the first one, listening to what they were saying down there, says to him, if thou be Christ, save thyself and in the process, save us. Two things about him. He wanted instant results. Save thyself and save us now. The second one, he wanted Christ to prove himself first before he could worship him. We live around here with people that believe in proof. They want evidence. He wanted the evidence. This is what the mob was all about. Where is your evidence? If you are Christ, save yourself. If you are not, then you are not Christ. And Christ did not answer to that. He listened, but never answered. The second man spoke. We all have equal opportunities and equal distance away from the Savior's cross and an equal opportunity to speak to the Savior. So when he opens his mouth, before he could speak to Christ, he spoke to his fellow men. We say it in the morning, the Holy Communion teaches us to be united to Christ and also to be united to others. Before you can speak to Christ, speak to your fellow brothers. Preach to those around you, then speak to Christ. So he spoke to his brother and said, don't you know that we are here because we have done something wrong? But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he says to Christ, remember me when you come in your kingdom. He understood that Christ is a kingdom. He is a king. He is Lord. And he says, remember me. Know me now so that when you come in your kingdom, you'll be able to remember me. The question today is, on which cross are you hanging on? There are three crosses there. The first, which is at the center, is the cross of redemption. 
At the center of all human life is a redeemer who wants to redeem those that are willing to be redeemed. The second cross that was on the right is the cross of reception. Some will receive and accept redemption. And the cross that was on the left is the cross of rejection. Others will see they will be closer to salvation, yet they will reject that salvation. Many will say, we were closer. We were in church with them. We worshipped with them. We sang hymns with them. Yet we rejected the salvation. Coming to church is no sign that you are a member of the heavenly congregation. Baptism here on earth may not be a sign that you will enter the pearly gates. But when you say with all your, remember me, remember, before you baptize them, you will prepare the elder for baptism. The church must vote. Where was the church to vote on the cross of Calvary to vote for this man to be baptized? There was no voting. The church was not there. The church board was not there to accept him. Others had a remembrance of his sins down there. But as he went up the cross, he met a man who accepts him and no one can reject him. When he has been accepted by this man, even heaven's gates will open for him. He will be ushered into glory because he has accepted Christ. Remember, it doesn't matter how you begin. Many started well, but they ended badly. This man may have started his life badly, but he ended his life well. He says, I know that after this incident, we, three of us here, will die. We will all die. We are all going to the grave. But when he addresses Christ, he says, Remember me when you come in your kingdom. I know many of you will say, Ellen White is a great prophet. John the Revelator is the great, is the great prophet. You will speak of all prophets, but this is my greatest prophet. This man started prophesying on the mountain, and his prophecy was sure. He looks at Christ, a king who is so weak, who cannot save himself. He says, don't worry, king. I know. You are my king. You will be king in the grave. The grave will not contain you forever. You will rule even the grave. Your kingship will not be stopped or hindered by the grave. You will still be king even in the grave. You will go beyond the grave on that Sunday morning. He saw on that mountain the grave opening and the stone being rolled away. As he marched with triumph, he says, I know, I see you enter heaven as the angels that are with you are singing and saying, Open, lift up your heads, all ye gates, for the king of glory shall come in. And he says, I see as you are entering there, the angels that remained in heaven asking, who is the king of glory? Who is the king of glory? And they will answer, 
Not because they don't know who he is. They are not asking. They are not singing the song because they don't know. But it is a chorus of triumph. They will say, who is the king of God? They will answer and say, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong and mighty in battle. When you are that powerful, remember me. I don't want to be remembered now by earthly kings. But I want to be remembered by this king when he comes in glory. As we go to the table, I want us to understand this. It doesn't matter what happens this side of heaven. It, happens, it matters what will happen when the king comes. Many of us do not understand this. When we accept Christianity or following Christ, we are not following a path of peanut butter and jelly. If Christ suffered, we are also going to suffer. If they mocked him, we are also going to be mocked. If they rejected him, we are also going to be rejected. I thought, after sitting at the table, sharing the Holy Communion, after that all things will be well. I don't want to promise you that after this Holy Communion, even the prayer that you are praying for in the job that you want, you will surely get it. For even Christ himself, while he was at this table, soon after completing this table, he was led to the cross to die. I don't want to promise you that by sitting at this table, by sitting here, things will be better in life. You will be loved even by those that you are sitting, at, uh, sitting with at the table. For when Christ was sitting at the table, Judas was there also, looking at him and looking for a better sign because it is said all the disciples looked like, like, like Christ. So he was busy looking and saying, how can I betray him? Some we are going to be sitting at this table with are coming here to see and look, how are we going to betray him? How are we going to betray him? So I don't promise anything. I don't promise that after this, things will be better. But I promise that yonder in glory, all shall be better than what we see. The Sabbath school said this morning, we shall overcome. Indeed, we shall overcome. Amen. Amen. God.